You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're going to discuss the last three chapters of Faruba. Oh my god. It's happening. Finally. Is it like, finally? Or like, finally? Quite a question mark. <laughs> finally, it's happening to me. Is that a song? I don't know. It. Yes. All right. It's a very 90s song. You mean like, quit playing games with my heart. <laughs> Like that? I mean, <laughs> yes, <laughs> almost as nineties as that. <laughs> <laughs> this was a friendly reminder to send any questions that you have for us for the episode. So this is coming out Wednesday. We're probably going to record Saturday. So no, this one's the unfriendly reminder. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, I <laughs> I was supposed to make this threatening. This you better send us demand. fucking questions <laughs> <laughs> for our fucking episode. <laughs> is that good? Did I do it right? <laughs> The only way I know how to be more threatening is to swear. Is that that's how you do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> yes. Please send us some questions. We got a couple. I would like more. It was fun last time. If you have <laughs> the time, so we have you have a couple of more a couple more days to send questions. I'll send reminders on our social networking channels <laughs> before we record. That's what the kids call them these days, right? <laughs> is it? <laughs> They're just like, what, you don't use TikTok? <laughs> I don't even know how you to do use Do like TikTok a reminder to some kind of mimetic dance you made up? Mimetic dance. That's my understanding of TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk about the rest of Furuba. Let's, let's get on with it. I'm right. Chapter 134 opens with Kyo's narration. I know that my beads are in her room. She keeps them with her mom. She didn't want to throw them away. I think that's exactly what her heart is like. Kyo and Toru make their way through the zoo on their first date. After stopping by the mini horses, Toru isn't sure where to go next. I like how she calls the, the mini horses a mini Asusu sound. Yes. <laughs> and the horse is like, I want snacks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then is disappointed when they don't give them something. <laughs> Toru isn't sure of where to go next and Kyo tells her to just go in what order of the things that she wants to see. Then we better head straight to the elephants, Uo says. They don't have giraffes. Hmm. Hana adds and Kyo's like, no one asked your opinion. Uo and Hana continue to complain about what isn't the zoo, and Kyo's like, go home then. And then Uo says that you should go somewhere flashy on a first date, like an amusement park or a bigger zoo. And Kyo tells her to keep her voice down, and as the crowd gathers, she yells, So you're the type who can't stand heights, aren't you? You can't ride Ferris wheels, can you? Your beep is beep! And he's like, I don't know, I've never ridden a Ferris wheel, and don't say those words in public. <laughs> somewhere she shows, shedding a single tear, because he's, he never gave Kyo the opportunity to ride a Ferris wheel. And I was like, aww. <laughs> <laughs> This is like third to last chapter of the story. We could still be sad about all things Kyo hasn't done in his life. <laughs> Toru breaks up the fight by suggesting that they go and pet cats. And Uo and Hana are suddenly placated. And they tell her they're just giving Kyo a hard time. And he's like, this is exhausting. <laughs> they go to see the cats and are like, look how cute they are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Including the giant black cat that Hana cuddles that truly suits her more than anything in the world ever could. Kyo nervously makes eye contact with the cat, and when it realizes there are no treats or pets coming from him, the cat turns and leaves. Taurus is beside him cuddling a kitty and gives him a reassuring smile. That day, he narrates, when I pulled my beads apart, I watched Toru quietly pick them up, and in his memory, Toru kneels to the ground and delicately collects the beads into a handkerchief. She holds them close to her chest and smiles, and he narrates, They were proof that I was a monster. Even now, I wouldn't mind if she threw them into a fire, but after a few years, maybe I would have regretted not picking them up. I thought that at the time, but I still couldn't move. She picked them up for me. It was like she was protecting both my present self and future self, or even something beyond me. Maybe she was trying to pick up the far-off feelings of everyone who lived with wearing those beads. I don't know, but I do know one thing. I know that loving someone isn't always just loving what's in front of you. 
There's also the past and the future. Loving someone means embracing it all. Or, that's what I think, anyway. At the zoo, he watches Toru smiling with Uo and Hana, and can't help but smile himself. When I look at her, that's what I think. Elsewhere, Yuki visits Kakiru and Komaki, Yuki living on his own and attending college somewhere far away in the spring. Can you live on your own? Kakiru asks. I don't want to find- I don't want to visit and find a dead body. You know what they say, learn by doing. I'd like to try, Yuki says. <laughs> he's gonna die. He's definitely gonna die. <laughs> Is this his philosophy, like, cooking? Or he's just like, yeah. I think I'll give it a whirl. I think I'll give it a whirl. What was it he said? It was like, I just lack, like, determination or something. Yeah, he was- <laughs> He's like, I understand in principle. And he's like, please, please don't. <laughs> Kamaki asks if Machi's okay about- If Machi knows about this. And Yuki says that she does, she's fine with it. Ooh, 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 I guess you've climbed the stairway to adulthood, Kakiru teases again, and Yuki's like, if you say that to Machi, she'll definitely hurt you. <laughs> Komaki asks about looking for an apartment, and Yuki says he talked to Oyame about it, and Kakiru's like, let me guess, he got all crazy and excited on you, and Yuki's like, exactly, and we cut away to where Yuki will be living, Oyame steps out into the light and says, behold, Mine, the clear blue sky, the budding greenery, you cannot help but acknowledge that this land is truly fitting for Yuki's empire, I declare this very moment that I have perceived it, judged it, and have acted. I will establish this place with a sounding crash as Yuki's place. And a man nearby is like, stop cheering. This isn't a residence. <laughs> <laughs> at Komaki's, Yuki. It's, I think it's at Komaki's house or Kakiri's house, right? I don't know. I think it says somewhere later. Hang on. I don't know. It just said Yuki was like, you want to go visit Kakiru to Machi? So. <laughs> at Kakiri's house, you can, can only hope that they're finding him a normal place. But I'm not holding my breath. He says, and Kakiri's like, come on, dream big. Yuki asks about his plans. Kakiru says he'll go to college. She was planning to take over Komaki's family's dry cleaning business, but everyone insisted that he go to college first. Komaki says that he's, he should go, and he's smart. Just like he learned things at his part-time jobs, there's some things you can only learn in college. Keep talking like that, and your boyfriend's gonna end up having an affair with a college girl, he says, and Komaki's like, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> what do you think of our dumb couple act, Kakiru says, and Yuki's like, well, dumb is one word for it. Kamaki asks if they're nervous about getting into college, and both Kakiru and Yuki at the same time are like, no. And she thinks if other entrance exam students heard that, I bet they'd get mad. <laughs> Back at the zoo, Toru goes to the restroom, leaving Kyo alone and vulnerable with Uo and Hana. <laughs> he wonders how Hana never sweats the way she dresses, and she's like, it's through sheer force of willpower. And he's like, don't read my mind. <laughs> she suddenly looks upset and says, you're going to take her away, aren't you? She's, she remembers Toru. Uo and herself together in their middle school uniforms and looks down sadly. Kyo starts to stand more apologies, but she's like, I'll forgive you if you call me mommy right here and now. And Kyo's like, what the <laughs> hell? Are you telling me to drop dead? Uo says to cut him some slack. We may not look it, but we like you. We can't seem to hate you even though you're a complete dumbass. I think that, I think it's because you're a good guy. Even if you are stupid, Hana adds, and Uo's like, totally stupid. Uo says, Toru's our best friend. One of us, you know? Family. We really, seriously want you to take good care of her. Got that? And you can leave your father to me, Hana adds. And he's like, that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> Toru returns after the long bathroom line and finds Kyo leaning against a wall, sulking about the possibility of Hana Shisho being an item. And he's like, huh? <laughs> Hana and Uo have left, so they can finally be alone. Kyo asks if they can make a stop on their way home. At Komaki's, Machi has arrived, bearing the best gift that any guest can bring, which is a bag of meat. <laughs> Kakiru teases that if she cooked it, it'd turn black, and she's like, shut up. And then Komaki is, of course, ecstatic. Yuki says that he's glad that she came because she was hesitant. Because I'd rather be alone with you, Kakiru teases again, and Machi is like, I didn't want to come here because you always say stuff like that, Manabe. So you climbed the stairway to adulthood, he says, and Machi punches him in the face through the bag of meat, and Yuki's like, I warned you, and Komaki's like, the meat! <laughs> She's just tenderizing it. Yes, it has to be prepared. <laughs> it's part of the process. <laughs> 
you yep. smash it in your brother's face a few times. Yes. That's how you get nice tender meat. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knows that's the true secret to delicious tasting meat. It was all planned. This is as the prophecy foretold. <laughs> Kyo, meanwhile, has taken to her to visit her mother's grave. He's finally able to say what he wanted to tell her. After I graduate, I think I want to leave here, he says. I'm not being pessimistic or weird. It's not like that, he says in response to her concerned look. I spent my whole life avoiding the world. I was trying to keep from getting involved. I think that maybe I was in a situation where people would expect that, so I took advantage of it. But things are different now. I'm a normal person and I can live in the world with you, like a normal person. That makes me really happy. So I want to get involved in everything. I want to test myself more in other places. Smoke rises from the incense burning at the grave and tears well up in Toru's eyes, he says. And he says, if that's okay, I want to do it all together with you. That's the end of chapter 134. Oh. <laughs> chapter 135 opens again at the graveyard where we left off and Toru asks where Kyo will go Kyo says that he's tried to find a place on his own once before but Shisho stopped him Shisho knows someone who has a dojo far away he can attend the dojo while working we see what seems like maybe Toru's like imagined future she walks down a road raft bento in hand ring on her finger and Kyo and two other karate kog greet her as she approaches after all Kyo says in the present I'll inherit Shisho's dojo one day and I'll have to be prepared outside experiences both good and bad will come in handy I know the stuff I'm saying probably sounds really naive, and I know I shouldn't pull you away from everyone who likes you. I know it's selfish, but I don't want to keep living a life where I'm fooling myself. Toru says he's right, and with a warm smile, there's not a single reason for you to fool yourself. Shishoshan must have been really happy when you told him that. I think I understand how he feels. We see the conversation, Shisho smiles, and we see the narration. He's talking about the future. He wants to live. I'm so happy. I'm so happy, Toru says. I'll go. We'll go together. Kyo is like, are you sure? It's far. We might be poor. He didn't expect her to answer right away. I may not look at it if there's something that I shouldn't back down from. I'll never back down. I'm pretty stubborn, she says with a sweet smile and a chuckle. She says it's okay. She can make her own decisions. Toru kneels in front of the grave. There's one thing I still want to tell you, she says. I'm sure mom never hated you, Kyokun. Even if she said she wouldn't forgive you, she didn't say it out of hate. I know it. She stands and says she won't back down. She'll go with him. Leaving everyone will be sad but she can't be apart from him. I want to always be by your side. I don't want to be apart. I don't want to wait for you. Please take me with you, she says, and they hug. Kyo says, thank you. I'll take you with me, he says, and he looks over at Kyoko's grave, remembering Kyoko waving and smiling as he ran away after Toru was found. I'll keep my promise, he says. It took me a really long time, but now I'll keep it my whole life, okay? Kyo and Toru smile and leave the graveyard holding hands. Crap. Crap, what do I do? This is bad. I can't hear anything and it doesn't even hurt. It's warm and cold. Why is it so dark and quiet? This isn't real, right? This isn't good. Toru, I think I'm dying. Kyoko lies in a pool of blood on the ground after the car accident. Thoughts flash through her head. What do I do? No, I don't want to die. I don't want to leave Toru alone. This can't be happening. Kyoko remembers Toru smiling, leaving her sleeping in their apartment earlier that morning. You don't say goodbye to people like this. If I'm gone, what's going to happen to her? She just got into high school. She's still just a kid. She's still... Still... Katsuya, I understand now. Leaving people behind, being left behind, they're both so hard. I'm sorry, Toru. I'm sorry. Did I love you enough? You know, I wanted to love you so much more. Somebody please, please protect her. She's not very good at crying for herself. But if she's crying, stay with her. Please, somebody, protect my treasure. Hey, Kyoko says. People crowd around her, and in the crowd she makes out Kyo and remembers him as a child. She remembers their promise and starts to cry. 
even if you forget me, she thinks. If you see her, please remember. The next time she gets lost, you have to find her. Please, just once is enough. You, she struggles to say. If you don't pay your tab, she thinks, and says, I won't forgive you. Kyo runs. Kyoko thinks, please, please somehow take my place and protect her. Oh, it feels like I'm sinking. I'm sorry. I guess this is goodbye. Please let Toru be happy. Please let her be loved by many people. I want her to live so that people can tell her, you did good. Repeat the good and the bad. Do it all and pile on the years. The crowd of the accident tries to call an ambulance. The other driver is unconscious too, but it's all too late. Kyoko wakes up on the shore of a beautiful beach and Kasuyo walks over to meet her, barefoot. She's in her middle school uniform again. He smiles and extends his hand to her and she cries. The chapter closes on the sea and the narration. You did good. That was the one where I teared up this time. (laughs) Every time I read this series, it's different every time. (laughs) All right, for the final chapter, it opens at school. It's graduation day. Hana, Kyo, Yuki, and Toru line up for a photo with their diplomas, and Toru narrates, On the day of graduation, there was a perfect sunny sky. The wind was gentle, and the flowing clouds were beautiful. It was like they were all blessing our graduations and new beginnings. The day was also the start of my new beginning with Kyokun. Later, Toru has finished cleaning up the rooms. Everything is packed. Tonight, they'll stay at Shisho's and then head out tomorrow. Toru says that it reminds her of the day she first came to this room. Shigure and Yuki were nice. She was nervous. And then, Kyokun broke through the roof, she says, pointing up. And he's like, ah, I guess I did. <laughs> then everyone turned into animals, which was shocking, of course. But still, it was fun, she says. I had fun here. I love the days I spent with everyone. They were so dear to me. I will miss them after all, she says, a little sad. And Kyo comforts her. Can I think like that because I love those days, she wonders. The more you love something, the harder it is to say goodbye. Kyo says she doesn't get it. You don't realize how much everyone loves you. Seriously. You're not saying goodbye for the rest of your life. This is just the start of a new banquet, right? Yes, she says with a bright smile, and then her stomach rumbles, and she's suddenly embarrassed and apologizes, and Kyo says it's weird that she's embarrassed. (laughs) Meanwhile, Yuki visits Machi. He gives her a key for his new apartment so she can make sure that he's not cheating on her. I wouldn't think that, she says. He smiles, and then stands and pulls the key away, and she's like, I'm lying! Honesty is always the best policy, I say, Yuki says, and gives her back the key. She clutches it and is like, you're the definition of terrible. They're made for each other. (laughs) She asks if he's sad about leaving, and he says, of course. She says she's sad too. She won't be able to see him as easily. So I'll go after you, no matter what. I'll follow you, she says. Yuki smiles softly and pulls her close and strokes her cheek. Then I'll be waiting, he says. At the main house, Ritsu and Kagura go through some of Ritsu's clothes and they chat. Shigeru apparently stopped writing and moved back into the main house. His editor, Mitsuru, was super happy about it. <laughs> Kagura wonders if they'll get married and asks when Ritsu will marry Mitsuru. And he's like, what? Marry? I still, I'm still, I mean, I'm so, and freaks out and almost rips apart a kimono. And Kagura's like, not that kimono. You're giving me that one. <laughs> Kagura is like, fine, join the lovey-dovey bandwagon. I don't care. My job is more fun right now anyway. And Ritsu is like, you want them to be happy, don't you? And she's like, regardless of how I feel, they will be happy. The two remember meeting Toru, Ritsu crying on the roof, and Kagura letting Kyo go. Elsewhere, Kisa and Hiro walk together. They talk about what will become Shigure's house and the departure tomorrow. Kisa starts to cry. She says that she'll smile at the send-off tomorrow, and Hiro tells her not to worry about it. Go ahead and cry as much as you want. I mean, I know how much you love her. Kisa remembers stroking Toru's hand after biting her as a tiny tiger, and Hiro remembers her tackle-hugging him as punishment when he was being an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Momiji hangs out with Haru and Rin. Sensei was laughing, Haru says. He said Toru said someone would hit him, but it ended up okay. 
duh, Momiji says, we're all more grown up than Shitan is. And Haru is like, mm, we've grown up. While Rin listens with a glare and like a dot, 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 dot expression. <laughs> Momiji says Kyo is being totally selfish. I want to pinch that Kyo. And Haru's like, why not pinch him tomorrow? Momiji's like, I can't do that in front of Toru. But at least that jerk gave me something new to dream about. I'm going to find myself the best girlfriend in the world soon. Then I'll bring her to him and so I can show her off. So Toru has to be happy. I want her to smile from now until forever. Rin Haru and Momiji remember meeting Toru, crying all over her, in Rin's case, mm-hmm. bonding over their mommy issues in Momiji's. Momiji smiles warmly. I think she should break up with him, Rin says, and Momiji's like, oh, she's mad, and Haru's like, she's sulking. <laughs> in the hall, Shisho comments to Hana that they seem to be enjoying themselves, and Kunimitsu regrets hiring her as a cook. <laughs> Shisho and Hana talk about the departure. Of course I'll miss him, Shisho says, but I won't worry about him. I think you're right, Hana says, and they remember their important moments with Toru as well. Elsewhere, Uo speaks to Kurido on the phone. He'll give them his regards tomorrow. She asks if the cherry blossoms are blooming where he is yet. She guesses that she'll be setting out soon, too. Have a meal ready for me, will ya? She says. Tororo soba, he asks, and she smiles right, and they too remember significant moments they had with Toru. At the shop, Yame and Mine find the perfect going-away dress gifts for Toru. <laughs> Biafe, Mine, our mission is of great importance, Yame says, to lead them into a fascinating and elegant lifestyle. It really is only for children to leave the nest, Mine says. But of course, Ayame says, this is precisely why adults are to put sickening amounts of love into stuffing cardboard boxes with instant ramen, socks, made outfits, and what have you. These boxes will be given in place of their feelings for the children, wherever they may go. Ayame remembers meeting Toru and spending time with her and smiles. Mine smiles and then pulls up another dress. How about we send this one for little brother? He can still make it work, she says with a glint in her eye. <laughs> Thus we must send Yuki an article of even greater Beyonce quality than these every week if we must. <laughs> I enjoyed this scene very much. <laughs> Elsewhere, great teacher Mayuko with short hair and Hattori discuss a trip to Okinawa. He's never been on a decent vacation and has invited her. There are many places in Japan that he's never been to, and he wants to start at the south end and work his way up. It's a great idea, and I like that it's so unlike you, Hattori-kun, Mayuko teases. Hattori-kun in a southern island, Hattori-kun in short sleeves. I can't even imagine you in a swimsuit. Hattori takes out teasing his stripe, but then she suddenly turns away darkly. I'm sorry, I'm the one who's ridiculous in a swimsuit. It's just my figure, my chest, I'm so tall. Hattori starts to giggle, and she's like, please stop. She changes the subject to tomorrow's send-off, and he says he'll be going. I hope the weather is clear, he says. Elsewhere, elsewhere, Shigeru and Akito are on their way home. Instead of doing something fun, Akito says that she has to work because Shigeru is going to send-off tomorrow. She won't be going. What does it matter, she says. Anytime I want to see her, I'll just go see her. And Shigeru asks if she'll be bringing him on these little excursions. She smiles a coy smile, and he says, you cunning girl, and rubs her head affectionately. Arm around her back, they head home. Shigeru remembers saying to Toru that maybe someone needs, like him, needs someone like her, and Akito remembers visiting her in the hospital. Later, Yuki returns home and runs into Kyo in the hall. He wants to talk to Toru alone, and Kyo tells him that she's in the living room. Hey, Yuki says as they part. Make sure you keep your act together. Don't mess up, you stupid cat. Kyo smiles a little smile and says, Stupid rat, my life's none of your business. And Yuki smiles a small smile, too. He finds Toru sitting alone on the porch, looking out at the yard. She hears him slide the door open and calls, Yuki-kun, welcome back. So you're finally leaving tomorrow, he says, and she's like, yes. I won't get to hear you say welcome back anymore, he says. They look out at the woods together. Still, he says, I'm happy about all this. I made it to this point. I know I was always so weak. I couldn't deal with people well, but I still wanted to be loved. I wanted to be needed. All I did was want. But during that time in my life, you appeared. You granted my wish, free of charge. You taught me so much. Toru remembers Yuki telling her at the beach, you don't know, do you? It was always me that was being saved. Thank you for always accepting my weakness. In the present, he continues to say, That's why I'm the man I am today. It was you, Toru. You made me human. 
You raised me as a person. To me, you were practically my mother. Toru tears up. Yuki steps off the porch and faces her. There, I finally said it. That's how I really feel, I guess. Kind of lame, though. It's not, she protests. At any rate, you were like that to everyone else, too. Your existence is so warm. You're such a gentle presence. This is the time we're all going to new environments so we can live our own lives, and suddenly we're all thinking of you. Are you doing well? You're not crying, are you? Are you still smiling? Are you truly happy on this day? We're all thinking it, all of us, and we'll keep thinking it. We see the Junichi and Akito smiling, looking sort of wistful, and the narration, Everyone loves you. Toru cries, and Yuki extends his hand. I'm so glad that I met you. I'm glad that you are here for us. Thank you. Thank you, Toru. Toru's taken aback at him, calling her by her first name. She smiles a big smile. They shake hands, and we see the narration, Thank you. I'm off. The house empty. We see faded memory of Kyo, Yuki, Toru, and Shigure having a meal together at the table. We transition through seasons, years, to the future, and a little girl in pigtails runs down the hallway of a house carrying a cat and rat stuffed animals. She asks her mom who's decorating cake where Kyokun and Torukun are, and her mom sasses her not to call her grandma and grandpa by their first names. The girl protests that Torukun said it's okay. The girl's father enters and says they're out for their walk and not to get in the way of their lovey-dovey time. He says they're always in the dialogue trails off. The story ends with Kyo and Toru walking together, old and gray, and the narration, together, holding hands, repeat the good and the bad, do it all, and pile on the ears. That's the end of Fruits Basket. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, it's happening. We made it. We did it. <laughs> we did the thing. We did it only a year and a half of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I realized recently that we've recorded over 100 episodes together. This is 65, <laughs> but like because of all the anime breaks and stuff. This is like a hundred and five or something. So yay us. Yay. Yay. <laughs> just saying. Did a thing. We saw it to the end. We saw it to the end. Now we just have to finish the anime. <laughs> <laughs> well they have to finish the anime so that we can finish it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they need to see it to the end first. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> anyway, let's do you have things to discuss? Do you wanna do it? Do you wanna start? This is our last episode. <laughs> Ow, hey. Oh, don't let a bird bite you. <laughs> He's like, there wasn't enough bird enough in this bird. story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I can't believe we only saw the bird in flashbacks. What the heck? <laughs> I don't think we even ever see Karina as a bird. It's always just like generic birds, isn't it? Like, did they ever have yeah. a... I mean, there's like an illustration of a little bird. like a sad Karina bird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I don't know if there's ever like him as a bird. I don't think so. They talk so. about it. Like, Kido's like, what's it like to fly? He's like, it's pretty rad, yo. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was the 80s, right? I mean, <laughs> that was when Karina was happy. I mean, <laughs> I think it's funny. It's like, oh, all my friends stopped turning into animals. Let's go see some animals. animals. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And the tour was like, I know what to do. Let's go to pet all these cats. Yeah. Because <laughs> the zoo just has like a mini cat room. You just go pet cats. <laughs> just so that he, there can be a cat that, like, yeah. completely ignores him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Treats him like a regular cat. <laughs> There's no yeah. dramatic conversations. It's like, food? No? Okay. No? Okay, bye. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that the cats... The cat that stares at him looks a lot more realistic than sometimes we've seen, like, cats before. Like, mm-hmm. I think we talked a long, long time ago about if there's a reason that Takaya, like, represents 
the animals of the zodiac in a you know cute merchandisable way mm-hmm. but and like that some of them have more detail than others and stuff like that but i do think it's interesting that this one cat has this like very normal like a uh, real more slightly more realistic cat look than like kyo ever did yeah so i don't know if that's like purposefully significant mm-hmm. it has a kind of vacant cat stare yeah <laughs> i say that yeah, out of could love be, and like, affection. yeah like to represent it being you know, like there's no connection there. He's not mm-hmm. seeing anything beyond just, you know, an animal. Yeah. I do think that it's notable. So mm-hmm. I would assume that that's why. Yeah. That one gets a lot more detail than the one that Tor was holding later, too. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a <laughs> like a beanie baby, the one she's holding. <laughs> it looks like the one that was sassy to Kyo and Kyoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it does look like it's very, uh, maybe it's supposed to be a hairless cat. I mean... <laughs> Not enough wrinkles. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like all the cats are like, mew, mew. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And then the one that Han is holding is great too. Yeah. Yeah, the cat that looks stares to Kyo down looks very cat-like. And then yeah, Toru has like uh, the beanie baby cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Uo and Hana hassling him. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I like how Uo's like, go somewhere flashier on a first date. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. I like how Toru takes it like really serious. Like, oh, it was my idea. Should I have done something else? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, now nah, we're just giving him a hard time. Dive, yes. <laughs> no matter where they went, they would have given him a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> went to amusement park, they'd be like, God, it's so flashy. Shouldn't you go somewhere small and intimate on the first yeah. date? <laughs> so much screaming. Not very good atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that myself. I was like, I don't think you should go to an amusement park on your first date. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a good way to like, you're going to, first of all, you're going to be all gross and sweaty because you're going to be walking around all day. Second, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> These are good. You have an automatic conversation topic. Yeah, exactly. You're like, look, animals, look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I think the one of the first dates I went on with my husband was to a zoo. It's like, if you're me, you can just like tell them animal trivia until they get tired of you. <laughs> <laughs> until they decide they want to have a podcast with you about animals. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the date is cute. Hana and Uo were, I mean, as predicted, they did say they were going to go on their first date. Last, mm-hmm. I don't remember which chapter it was, but it was last episode. Yeah. Which is funny. And he was just like, I don't have a choice. Yes. <laughs> I love when Toru comes out of the bathroom, though, and he's just, like, leaning with this, like, crazy inner monologue about yeah. Shisho and Hana. He's, like, just super worried about them as a yeah. serious... It's actually, like, really charming, because he's, like, he's well, like, if Shisho happy, is happy, if Shisho's happy, that's all that matters, right? right? I should, I have no right to... <laughs> I know, it's really cute. And Tor- Toru comes out when he's having this, like, existential crisis. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, um... <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> also, loved how Uo was like, "Yeah, we like you, even though you're dumb, dumbass." <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> as like the 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 climax of their teasing of Kyo, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is really funny. She's like, "Even though we can't, we can't find a good reason to hate you, but you're still an idiot." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's cute. They're being good friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what's a good friendship if you don't tease your friends? potential boyfriends that's the whole point yeah <laughs> you have to be brought and judged like mm-hmm. yame said i mean <laughs> yes <laughs> brought before the council pretty much <laughs> hope you don't get voted off the island pretty much isn't that what everybody does with their friends like group of significant others and you bring them to the friend group you're obviously judging them and texting your other friends under the table about yeah about them <laughs> like oh my god check out this loser <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a fucking dumbass <laughs> <laughs> so then they go to Kyo wants to go visit Kyoko's grave 
and then there that's where he asks if Toru will join him on his adventure Magical mystery tour <laughs> <laughs> he's like roll up <laughs> <laughs> i didn't notice until this read through that Toru's wearing in i i think it's like i guess it's supposed to be it's like this little vision of the future i don't know if it's like particularly Toru's but it looks like she closes her eyes um, right beforehand. I always just interpret it as kind of like a, just like a scene that's showing the future. Mm-hmm. But I think this time, looking at it more closely, it's like maybe it could be like her thinking about the future specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never noticed until this time. This series has been out since 2006. This volume's been out since 2006. I never realized that her she's wearing a ring in her, that little flash forward. Or, mm-hmm. or um whatever you call it like a imagine spot <laughs> huh it's an imagine spot yes is that a technical term a technical term i think it's tv tropes term it's <laughs> <laughs> cute she's bringing him some lunch and he's training at the or something and training at the dojo and it's mm-hmm. cute and it's nice He's like, look at my wife. <laughs> and everybody's like, hey, it's Kyo's wife. Everybody loves her. She's so nice and awesome, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I meant probably not. That's what they're saying, not yeah, they say probably. probably awesome. <laughs> but anyway, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. He also says at the grave that he tried to run away before, but Shisho stopped him. Is he referring to running away to the woods? Guess it's the only one that makes sense. (laughs) He's like, and then I ran away to join the circus when I was five, and that's why I've never been there. Because she took me away from there, and he never took me back. (laughs) He says, I once tried to find somewhere on my own without relying on any of that stuff, but obviously, but he obviously stopped me. So, I assume that that's sad. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I was going to come back in this scene, and then um, the thing that i also found interesting and touching in this is that he asked Toru all this stuff and she says that she'll live with him and then he turns to the grave and says like i'll keep my promise that mm-hmm. I made before yeah and i was like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very sweet yeah it's sweet how like like he's saying he'll keep the promise like without even knowing that that's what kyoko's last like wish were mm-hmm. wish was <laughs> yeah that's mm-hmm. true and then it goes into that scene which is <laughs> heartbreaking yeah I noticed that there's there's this little so Toru makes this little face this like smile where she says like I might not look like it but it but if I find there's something I shouldn't back down from then I I don't or whatever I'm pretty stubborn mm-hmm. and it's really similar it's this like little smile with like little like dimply size of her mouth it doesn't seem to happen very much in the series but the other time that I feel like it's prominent is when Kyo catches her after she gets out of the hospital and then and they're talking about all their feelings. And then she says, like, didn't you know that I love you? That feeling can't be beat. And then she, like, chuckles, giggles. It's Mm -hmm. really similar to that. And I noticed it. And I thought Mm -hmm. it was sweet, too. It's the same kind of thing. Almost like it's her little, like, mischievous side. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We don't really get to see very much. (laughs) I just thought it was cute. Mm -hmm. And notable tiny. Yeah, it's also, yeah, it's kind of cute to see her, like, like owning that as a positive thing because she spent mm-hmm. like a lot of the, a lot of the series worrying about like oh like it's probably wrong of me to get involved but yeah it's like I don't want to get involved with this crazy family but mm-hmm. I need to do it yeah yeah so now she's like no that's just who I am and it's uh, <laughs> it's a it's a good trait it's fine 
It's fine to be stubborn it's about worked. things. Important. Yeah. <laughs> it's worked. <laughs> I guess then we should t- talk about the Kyoko dying scene, which is yeah. so, so depressing. Mm-hmm. It's like how to read. Yeah, this time, every time I read these the series over and over again through the years, different things. I think that we, ta- I talked about this before, I'm sure. The different mm-hmm. things always it touched me emotionally in a different way every time I read it. And this one was the one where I was like reading it and tearing up. I was like, she's still in high school. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so sad. We talked about that before. We talked about it at the beginning of the series. Like, she's a baby. Yeah. And then Kyoko says it again here in her narration. It's like, oh no, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. That we finally get the reveal of what she actually was trying to tell Kyo. Mm-hmm. All this time, he believes that Kyoko said she'll never forgive him for I guess for not helping her. he interprets it as being like for not helping her mm-hmm. not saving her from the car but what she was saying was if you don't keep your promise I'll never forgive you yeah so yes without realizing it he accomplished her dying words mm-hmm. and the promise that he made with her as a child mm-hmm. and then at the end she uh, is like reunited with Katsuya I guess in the afterlife mm-hmm. so. yeah also very touching yeah i like how she has the thing where she's like saying she wants toru to live like the kind of life where at the end people will say you did good good and then it ends with like it seems like like katsuya telling her telling her you did good yes that also was like yes she's like i hope she did do good she did did good did did she's she yeah she has these wonderful lines that are repeated multiple times that time and also um at the very end of the story the repeat the good and the bad do it all and pile on the years that's also what she says during that moment a good sentiment in the end kyoko is brought back to Mm -hmm. yeah i'd say that's a final wisdom drop yeah i'd say that's also kind of another variation of that general theme of like you Mm -hmm. know like in order to grow as a person you have to you know you gotta mess up in order to gain knowledge something must be exchanged yes the equivalent (laughs) exchange of fruba Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and you're talking about how it like ended on Kyoko. Also, uh, the final volume has Kyoko on the cover. Yes. Which is nice. That's right. I think the previous one had Katsuya. Yes. We haven't been paying that much attention to him. And the but... collective edition one has uh, Katsuya on the front and has Kyoko in her middle school uniform on the back. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And the, well, the collector's edition, the first one has Toru and then it has Kyoko on the back as mm-hmm. a, like an adult in her red butterfly jacket. Yeah. They all have like new illustrations, don't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, on the original Tokyo Pop one, it's Kyoko. Yeah. Just smiling, being cute. Yep. And then the little like kinda... picture is Toru, which is cute too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like Kyoko from like immediately before the series. It's like that one like... Uh, thing of her that you see a lot. The mm-hmm. I think there's like a similar photo that Toru has. Mm-hmm. She's just sitting cross-legged and smiling for people who don't have this edition. Yeah. So it's a different illustration than the one uh, in the collector's edition first volume on the collector's edition first volume too mm-hmm. yeah it is another again another repeating of that theme of like you have to have good and bad experiences and that's part of what helps you have a, a well-rounded life mm-hmm. you're gonna keep messing up but you're gonna keep doing good things too mm-hmm. what she says is um please let Tori be happy please let her be loved by many people i want her to live so people can tell her you did good repeat the good and the bad do it all and pile on the years so the you did good yeah it's like it feels like it's Katsuya the what's meant to represent is Katsuya telling Kyoko that and then the repeat the good and the bad do it all and pile on the years is the final closing narration of Furuba yeah so this is nice Mm 
Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the discussion we're going to have this this time is like, and it's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not much like actively happening anymore. It's just like wrapping up the emotional mm-hmm. stuff. The final, Kyoko's final words, I think, do again. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like we were just saying, it adds on to the the theme that we've seen repeated so many times in the story. Mm-hmm. But other than that, a lot of it is just like, this is what's happening now. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of a, a don't worry, they're doing good kind of thing. Like <laughs> Everybody's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Rin thinks that Kyo and Tori should break yeah. up, but you know. I mean... Except maybe Yuki, because he's probably going to poison himself. <laughs> <laughs> Kakaru's going to find a dead body for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, fuck, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, god damn it. He comes, the first time he visits, he puts up like a poison control magnet on his fridge. And she's like, he's like, just call this number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and brings him like a first aid kit. Mm-hmm. When, <laughs> when I met my husband or like when I moved into the par- first apartment that I moved into, not with him, but like while I knew him, he the first housewarming present he gave me was a fire extinguisher. This is a housewarming present he gives to everyone. <laughs> I feel like Kakeru would do the same thing. Like, yeah. you, you, you need this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd be like, thanks. And then he needs it like two days later. <laughs> yeah. Trying to make toast or something. <laughs> He's like, do you know the gas from the stoves catch fire? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, just stop. <laughs> They get him, like, a hot plate. They're like, just plug it in when you want to use it. Don't touch anything else in your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Yuki gives Machi a key so that she can come, too. And she's like, I would never think that you're cheating. And then he, like, yanks the key away. And she's like, give it. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like he's trying to go in and throw it out the window. At least that's yeah. what I was <laughs> it, do- it could be. As he, yeah. like, stands up. And she's like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Like, he does it. He's so cheerful about it, too. Like, it just yes. smiles throughout the entire interaction. It's peak asshole Yuki. That's yeah. what makes it great. There's a, uh, I don't know if I can find it. There's an author's note about Yuki. Yeah, there's an author note where it's, it says something like, he got a little mean, and it's really funny. <laughs> it's during that scene, the one we were just talking about with Yuki and Machi. Mm-hmm. It says it was, I went through a pretty difficult labor giving birth to Yuki, and we both suffered and suffered. But now I honestly believe that he was worth it. He gained a little confidence and got a little mean. <laughs> I, I would like to have drawn Yuki a little more, which I think. Would have been yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's pretty much his character. He gained a little confidence and got a little mean. I think he was always a little mean. He just didn't have the confidence to be mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's his true form as asshole Yuki. Yes. <laughs> also, like uh, how in that scene, like A, uh, the big Mogetta is there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, B, her room looks a little bit cleaner. Like, yes. Like Tried to clean up for him to mm-hmm. rule for. Like, like her, they have little, like, cups. Her like, seats are like, a little rumpled and stuff, but otherwise, you know, <laughs> it's not like the sea of decay <laughs> before. <laughs> he wouldn't have noticed or cared. No. Um, He's like, oh, But I think it shows, movies. yeah, it's nice. It shows, like, her being, you know, growing <laughs> yes. as a person and dealing with her issues. She says that the meat was from her family, so I wonder if she saw mm-hmm. her family. It's not really said, but it's yeah. implied. Yeah, I noticed that, too. It seems like yeah, it might imply their trying to uh, reconnect a little bit. Yeah, maybe. And, like, I guess reconnect with, like, Kakiru's family, too, because they sent mm-hmm. a gift. She knew They knew she was going to see Kakiru, so. Yeah. You know, a gesture of goodwill. Mm-hmm. Seemed nice. Just goodwill that gets smashed into Kakiru's face. 
He deserved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like, like how he's like says the line. And Yuki's like, if Machi hears you say that, she'll, really she'll hurt you. And then he says the same line and she hits him. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> Kamaki's concerned about the meat. Yeah. Because Kakiru deserved to get punched in the face. <laughs> 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 the whole interaction between uh, Kamaki and Kakiru and Yuki is also really cute. Where Kamaki's like, hey, are you guys worried about going getting into college? And they're like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess for anyone who's not in the know, but probably most people who listen to this are, it's extremely difficult to get into, like, it's extremely competitive, I think, to get into universities in Japan. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a whole entrance exam process, so normally people would be quite concerned. <laughs> it just adds to Yuki's conceited character, which is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> in the most recent anime episode, Rin called him an arrogant, uh, like, an arrogant idiot or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he is kind of arrogant. That's what's great. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah what was just the other thing bit. he said he said something else like that that was just like casually like confident in kind of an annoying way and someone was like someone machi. was like it was machi and she was machi like is he secretly like secretly mean or something yes <laughs> i think it was the same thing it was a, about a similar thing where she was like hey worried about at college and whatever and he's like nah yeah <laughs> she's like wow he sounded really conceited just now yeah <laughs> or she said i think she said are the entrance exams hard and he was like nah <laughs> <laughs> it's just really funny mm-hmm. then the the guess kind of like the end uh part of the series is everybody all the characters thinking about the way that toru like impacted that meeting toru impacted their lives mm-hmm. and going through all these different scenes of different characters i especially enjoyed ayame and mine's like mm-hmm. scene where they're like picking out dresses to send them so they can live a like fantastical and eccentric life or whatever yeah. <laughs> fabulous and eccentric life and then uh Ayame is like, and then the adults, the purpose of adults is to, you know, pack up instant ramen and send it to their kids when they leave the nest. Yeah. And I was like, this is too real and good. <laughs> it was really cute. Yeah. And they're picking out a dress for Yuki for his eccentric yeah. life. <laughs> I like how they're, like, talking about it like it's their own kids. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mina's like, oh, it is... It's like, I never realized it before, but now it's actually happening. It's so sad when children leave the nest. <laughs> I think Ayame and Mine do think of them as their children, which yeah. is cute. <laughs> Except for Kyo. He'd just be like, Kyo Kichi, you don't get any yeah. instant ramen. It's like, and that guy. <laughs> he puts like a catnip toy in the box for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I love all my children equally earlier that day. I don't care for Kyo. Kyo yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he loves Yuki most of all, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Some of the other ones I think are like what you'd expect, but I also love the scene with like Momiji and Haru and Rin, where Momiji's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna pinch that Kyo. And Rin's like, they should break up. And Momiji's like, yeah. oh, she's mad. And Haru's like, mm-hmm. oh, she's pouting. <laughs> yeah. I also like that Rin's just like doodling on her sketchbook there. Like, yes. She's not. It's very cute. You know, yeah, it doesn't seem as like viscerally embarrassed about it. <laughs> and also, like, Momiji's there. Like, she doesn't really visit people other than Toru and yeah. Haru. So, like, the fact that he's even there. I mean, I don't know. We've never seen them together before, but I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. Like, maybe she's, like, opening up to more people coming and seeing her and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. And then being more in the open about her, her, I don't know, self. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's the return of um, Ritsu and Mitsuru. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yay, we finally got their scene. I love how happy <laughs> Michan is about Shigure quitting writing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the evil is defeated or something. Yes. And then Ritsu's like, I'm so happy for you. My headcanon is now that all of Shigure's novels were like thinly veiled 
explorations of his pent-up frustrations of his relationship with Nikito since he stopped writing them. Now they're like in a semi-happy relationship. <laughs> it's, it, I support this headcanon. I like that he has... Um, I think he has a pen name, too, because doesn't he release, like, this, the, like, uh, really gaudy ones under a different pen name? Yeah. The, like, Summer Colored Sai ones? I forget. Mm-hmm. We, we, I'm sure we talked about it before. Because they, they showed the cover for some of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the fancy ones, like the one that uh, Shisho was reading, where he's like, oh, I'm reading Shigure Kun's new book while he was cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, at least Yuki doesn't read while he cooks. Yeah. <laughs> in theory. In the scene with Ritsu and Kagura, Ritsu's also wearing like men's clothes which is uh, notable i think Mm -hmm. and giving some of uh like the kimonos or whatever to kagura it seems like yeah it's nice how kagura and risu continue to have their like close relationship that they had Mm -hmm. as kids and stuff too yeah it's cute yeah i also like how kagura's like my job's important (laughs) and whatever (laughs) being real sassy (laughs) i'm way too busy for this garbage (laughs) (laughs) to care about romance (laughs) it's like i'm way not over kyo i mean (laughs) Oh, and then we got the scene with Tatori and Mayuko together. Yay! <laughs> I always like that scene, too. Where she teases him about going to Okinawa. I like how she's, like, laughing it up. And then she starts to get a little bit, <laughs> like, embarrassed. And then he starts giggling. She's like, cut it out! <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, she's like, I know I deserve it, but please stop. But please stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just the image of Hattori chuckling also is wonderful. It's just like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like how he's, like... <laughs> It's like, I guess I'll go on vacation. Yeah. He's probably, like, staring at a map, and he's like, I guess I'll start from the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I really want to go somewhere places in Japan. Just, like, looks at it. It's like, yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very Hattori way to (laughs) decide on a vacation. The most most logical possible way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like... So semi indifferent, where it's just like I want a vacation. I don't really care where, yeah. and I guess I'll go somewhere in Japan. He's like, I haven't been allowed to leave the house for most of my life. So <laughs> I wonder if he's ever been on a vacation. I think he was like, oh, I've never been on like a decent vacation or something like that. So I guess maybe if he gets like dragged along to beach houses or something <laughs> with, when Akito wants. Akito's like a Tori, take me skiing in Nagano. <laughs> yeah, Kareno. I want. I want to go to the beach. <laughs> like, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and then makes Kareno carry her on his back while they go hiking in the beautiful Japanese <laughs> wilderness. <laughs> yeah. And then goes and complains about being exhausted to Hotori. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, really? Really? <laughs> he's still wearing a stethoscope from work. And he's like, really? <laughs> That's what doctors do, right? <laughs> yes. So night doctors do. That's the night, the night school doctor does. Final episode. Final night school doctor. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the scene with like Shigeru and Akito as well. Yeah. Where Shigeru is like playfully teasing her, which was nice. Mm-hmm. They actually looked like they were being a nice couple, which was cute. Yeah. Like Akito's like, I'll just go see her whenever I want. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit. Akito says. <laughs> He's like, I'm the head of the family. I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just say goodbye. <laughs> Based on what we've seen recently in Akito's character, I feel like it's very befitting. Where she's just like, yeah. no, it's not necessary. I feel like she's probably just like, I think it will be a downer for everyone else if I'm there. So <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'll visit later. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Or like it's implied that she's like working hard at yes. you know, family business because she's like, no, I'm going to go home and work since 
you're gonna goof off tomorrow <laughs> yeah and it seems like they're working together too where she's sugar is like oh yeah we're done with the errands you want to go do something fun she's like no i can't i have other things to do than do mm-hmm. so it's nice it seems like they're Shigure seems to be helping her at least do some things so yeah like he maybe he gets more involved with the family too i don't know yeah Oh, I mean, since he gave up writing too, so maybe he is. It's always yeah, interesting. I wonder what he's actually doing, but yeah, yeah. The same mysterious right. computer stuff Karina's doing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're actually computer hackers, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's like Shigeru's moved back in, obviously. Mm-hmm. Talking about how the house is going to be empty. So. Yes, I do like the little scene at the end where they have kind of like the empty house with this like ghosty image of them eating eating a mm-hmm. meal together. Came back at the end, guys. Yes, I made a note <laughs> of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was also petals too. Am I wrong? Maybe I was thinking of something else. Well, there's a bunch of flowers at the end in the last scene, but mm-hmm. I don't think there was any white petals. That all had to do mostly with the curse. So yeah, it was mostly about like stuff changing, like positively and negatively to do with the curse and bonds is... and stuff. So <laughs> you could put it in there, but it's kind of served its purpose. Yeah. Ooh, and Crano do talk about petals though. <laughs> <laughs> Honorary petal discussion. Yes. <laughs> we get to see a little bit about what's going on with the family. It seems like there's still a lot. Yuki also said that there's a lot going on at home, like when they asked about his parents co-signing for a place for him and stuff like that, mm-hmm. too. So it seems like there's still some chaos at the main house. Yeah. But Akita's working hard to fix it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Living up to what she wanted to do. I feel like Elise co-signed by Ayame might as well not be co-signed by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, sir, am a dressmaker. I craft men's fantasies for my job. And they're like, what? <laughs> he obviously has enough money to rent a store. Yeah, I was going to say, he's just like, I make money. And they're yeah. like, okay, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> he just drops a bag of money on the desk. <laughs> they're like, what a fascinating and elegant man. <laughs> or whatever it is. Oh, we also get the scene at the end with Kyo and Yuki. Mm-hmm. Where they call each other stupid rat and stupid cat, which is cute. Like, yeah. their little non-fight with their little mm-hmm. satisfied smiles is very nice. Also, They're very friends. Sweet. Yeah, they're little, they're friends and they tease each other and it's <laughs> nice. They don't have to fight to the death every time they see each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, one of the other most touching scenes in Furupa where Yuki finally calls Toru by her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or she, he calls her by her fucking name or whatever, like yeah. he said last time. <laughs> yeah, I joked about it, but it is genuinely touching. <laughs> it's very sweet. It's sweet that he, like, like, this is the thing, you know, we just finished up the beach arc in the anime, mm-hmm. where he's like, someday I'll tell you, and, like, he finally, like, tells her about, like, how he really feels about her, and the day all the emotional stuff, so. And ha- thanks her for how he was able to, like, lean on her, and all the things he learned from her. Yeah. Able to do it without feeling ashamed and embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Then he <laughs> says goodbye. Very sweet. There's like this narration. Sorry, I was just looking at the. Yeah. I was just looking at the author's notes. I found the one on Aikido, and the first thing says, "Even I didn't expect her to make friends with Hanachan." Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> the little transition to the future is also nice. You see, kind of like this, like sparkling sea, and then like the falling leaves and the snow, and it's kind of like, I don't know, it's implying the passage of time and yeah, maybe another place, mysterious lo- future location. Mm-hmm. little kid it's very cute yeah I like how the like final final page is like the little like like the shrine to Tori's mom which has grown now yes right it ha- yeah and it has uh, 
It has her little Zodiac figurines, and it has Kyo's beads, and it has the hat. And um, I think the most the change that gets me is that it's not just a picture of her mom anymore. It's, it's, of, the, three of, it's of the three of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very touching, too. Mm-hmm. There's, like, the other photos that are clearly, like, there's, like, a wedding photo. And yeah, kids obviously their their kid. and I like to interpret the one on the bottom as being, like, Shisho with, a, with a, one of their kids. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it is. It's also, it is touching that it's, like, a photo of her father and her mother. Mm-hmm. Which she kind of made peace with yeah. them, too. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was, like, the whole, like, like, catalyst for, like, confronting that idea was being, like, how come you don't have any pictures of your dad? Mm-hmm. They're all of your mom. <laughs> Didn't they both die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't both your parents equally dead? Yeah. <laughs> Courtesy of Hero. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like something he would say. Just yeah. the way that he would say it. <laughs> it's also something that she felt comfortable telling Kyo mm-hmm. in the series and wasn't able to tell anybody else, like, how she really felt about him. Mm-hmm. Why she didn't really have any fo- photos of him and stuff like that. So Yeah. It maybe you know maybe that's yeah it's something that she I guess has moved on from like having those feelings about him and probably feeling guilty about it too which I think was mm-hmm. something that was really driving her to behave in a certain way yeah so she closed the lid <laughs> well she opened the lid and then closed it again <laughs> yeah all lids are now open <laughs> <laughs> that's what the last page should have been just an open box open box. <laughs> The beads are in an open box. <laughs> the metaphor's yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I do like how she picks up all the beads for him. I think it's mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know. It's a good symbolic mm-hmm. gesture in the story. Yeah, Kyo, it's a very Toru yeah, thing. He he goes on about it. But yeah, it's a very Toru thing, and it's yeah. I particularly like the the comment he makes where like, like implied that it's not just about like his past, but like the past of like all the cats who've had to like suffer through. Yeah, there's a significance that in the past. Yeah, that's beyond just Kyo mm-hmm. to this object. Yeah, so it's something that should be, like, you know, taken respected. care of and respected. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But then Kyo is like, I couldn't do it, so I'm glad that she did it because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it means yeah. something quite different to him. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also shows his like in that line his kind of like emotional growth there because he says like even now i wouldn't i would be happy to see them gone but i know that like in the future i might feel differently mm-hmm. yeah he would kind of live this like fly by the seat of your pants lifestyle before <laughs> where and i mean like he says it himself later when he's asking her to like travel with him where he's like i i lived in this world where there were no expectations that i would have any kind of future and i avoided a life on so mm-hmm. many in so many different ways I feel like that's his his growth is kind of represented when he's talking about that too where it's like yeah. I want to be involved in things like I see a future I know that I can like I have a perspective on life where like I don't know how you, how you do you describe this in a way that makes sense you can mm-hmm. see that in the future you might regret doing something in the present does that yeah, mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas I think if you you know you're like living your life as if you have no future ahead of you maybe you mm-hmm. don't have that kind of thought in the present yeah yeah mm-hmm. and yeah it's obviously like a big representation because it's been a thing throughout the series about like like the future bothering the idea of the future bothering all of the zodiac but especially kyo mm-hmm. the whole idea of like like why am i planning for a future i'm not gonna have kind of concept yeah and i especially like the 
the like direct contrast of him saying like, well, I'm going to inherit Shisho's dojo one day when like he used to talk about like, well, at least there'll be someone to keep Shisho company <laughs> after I get locked away. And At least Hana will keep Shisho company. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's making some plans for the future and trying mm-hmm. to like make experience give himself like go and find experiences that'll help him prepare for the future mm-hmm. as opposed to just letting things happen you know yeah yeah and like it's a pretty well-planned thing like he's like 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 shisho knows someone with the dojo and i can you know get in there and you know keep working at that while i do other things like mm-hmm. you know he actually has like a plan rather than just like i'm gonna go somewhere yeah <laughs> he's not just like come with me into the world and we'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like no I'm gonna go this here I'm doing this thing I think this experience will be good here's my rationale Mm-mm. and she's like sure and he's like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just agree <laughs> yeah like it's like I didn't think you'd answer right away yeah <laughs> <laughs> of course you would <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like I know I'm being selfish and she's like it's it's fine <laughs> yeah I like how she like kind of tells him like it's okay to be selfish because like it's kind of a thing he's told her in the past mm-hmm. it's also nice that she's like I'm sure of myself. You mm-hmm. you talked about it earlier. We, where she was like, I don't know if I should be getting involved in this. I don't know about this. Or I don't know. But her, this is also sim- her kind of, it's the same conversation that we're talking about where she's like, yeah, I'm stubborn. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I know, I know that this is a good thing. I'm confident in what's going on here. So I'm yeah. not going to give up on this relationship. She said in the last chapter that she wanted to like work at this relationship because it's it's means something to her and it's special mm-hmm. so we get that reinforced one more time here yep i also like what kyo says about about love <laughs> he says i know that loving someone isn't just loving what's in front of you there's also the past and future loving someone means embracing it all and he's like oh that's what i think anyway <laughs> which is mm-hmm. good i always like kind of interpreted one way that i guess you could think about like her picking with the beads is like she's it's also symbolic for like you know her acceptance of his past self and stuff like that too mm-hmm. and keeping it as something to remember yeah so anyway. yeah and that's been like kind of a thing between the two of them like mm-hmm. we just talked about how like Toru felt comfortable sharing about her father her, like com- yeah her complicated feelings about Katsuya with him and it was obviously something that she felt like ashamed over mm-hmm. and so it was kind of like revealing that like I think she called it like the like, like the dirty part of herself or something mm-hmm. like that and so, like, there's kind of a, a thing about them, a continuing thing between the two of them of, like, revealing, like, their past selves that might, like, complicate their relationship with each other but and mm-hmm. being accepted. Yeah, I think, like, you could look at all a lot of those thing, items that are on the shelf at the end, like the hat. Like, that was something that Kyo probably really hated about himself was, like, mm-hmm. he, he was really envious of Yuki. That's why he, when Yuki picked up the hat, he was like, fine, just keep it. Mm-hmm. And then, and it bothered him during the series, and then now it's like on the on the keepsake shelf, and then mm-hmm. the obviously the bracelet. He yeah. was ashamed of the true form and felt burdened by it, and she accepted that. I mean, obviously, like the, then there's like the the Junichi ornaments and stuff like that. That's all sort mm-hmm. of tied up, wrapped up in the curse, and then her Tori's parents, like her dad, we were just talking about. Yeah. Any other things you want to say about this chapter? Or next time there's no spoilers yeah <laughs> do you have any spoilers to talk about i mean <laughs> i guess there would technically be spoilers for another but <laughs> yeah but i haven't read it yeah well i have I read, read part of it a little bit of it same 
There is a um, preview at the back of this volume of uh, Natsuki Takaya's older series, Tsubasa, and the, <laughs> the chain style is like striking when you flip between these. <laughs> oh, after the fan art? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> the 80s have come back to haunt. But there's still... What blows my mind is that there's still manga that's being drawn like today, every day, that looks exactly like this. Mm-hmm. And it's like so like typical of like that time period mm-hmm. is just really funny to me yeah yeah it's funny because like the like the subasa drawings even compared to early furuba is pretty different like mm-hmm. it's a more like generic manga of that time kind of style like it's like yeah it's like you can see like the development of like her own style between that and furuba and then mm-hmm. how her style changed through furuba so. i think um the one that she drew after furuba is more like the end of furuba Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is almost like she developed like more of her own kind of style. Because this is a bit like, like it looks like a different style. Like it, like if I saw this out of context, I wouldn't think it was Natsuki Takaya, even Same. like from early Furuba. It looks like the person who draws like Kadocha. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. To or me. like Fushigi Yogi. Yeah, yeah. Any, yeah. any of those kind of things that like Mars. that's a very specific era of shojo. <laughs> yes, any of the above. Yes, mm-hmm. it's rated older teen. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Not appropriate for the Fruba audience, apparently. <laughs> Still labeled romance comedy. <laughs> yep. Well, this this volume this one was isn't more of a romance comedy. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And there's just all their like lovey-dovey things, and then Yuki being sassy and being funny, and Hana and Noel <laughs> being sassy and being funny. <laughs> Good. Okay, I don't have any other things to say about this series for now. But next time we'll have our finale, we can gab it up. Yay. Yay. Not that we could have been doing that for the last year, <laughs> but <laughs> we get to gab it up extra about the series overall. Yeah. Yeah. Gab it up with no limitations. <laughs> no holds barred gabbing session. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Next time we'll talk about that. I hope everybody joins us for that. I hope that you send questions. Send your demand questions. that you send questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So now, yeah, next time we'll see you for a finale episode. Yay. We did it, guys. We did it. We did, we it. did it. We read it. <laughs> we read the thing. We, we talk talked about, about it. the thing. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about it a little bit more next time. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, that reminded me. I meant to make fun of how the wind. Uh, strategically blew Rin's hair, Rin's hair in, the, in the anime episode I forgot <laughs> <laughs> during the scene where they kiss I was like ah oh, there's the wind that only blows for Rin's hair again <laughs> she just carries around a box fan with her and yeah. sets it up before she talks to anybody she strategically places it before anything dramatic happens Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like this seems like a good spot to have a dramatic scene <laughs> Let me go plug this into Yuki a tree. Walks up and then she, she has like a remote where she turns the fan up. Like, yeah. She has a remote where she turns it on. The wind suddenly blows and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, nothing. And then like flips her hair. <laughs> These are good. You have an automatic conversation topic. Yeah, exactly. You're like, look, animals, look. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think that one of the first dates I went on with my husband was to a zoo. It's like if you're me, you can just like tell them animal trivia until they get tired of you. <laughs> Until they decide they want to have a podcast with you about animals. Yes. <laughs> That's what I do at work parties. Because no, everybody is not, nobody's offended by animal trivia. <laughs> so my most recent work party that I went to, I was like, 
this whale that picked up someone's phone that dropped off of a dock and gave it back to them. People think that it's a spy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also like, did you know that squid have three hearts? These are my, my fun Pretty facts. sure I could come up with some offensive animal uh, trivia. I mean, yeah, you could be like, did you know cats have like a like barbed penis? And people are like, what are you yeah. talking about? Like, Anything I about just, bonobos? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> They're like, I just wanted to drink my wine over here. Like, yeah. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> it's like, that's why there's so much screaming when the cats are mating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're full of good facts. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, I didn't know it was cool when I was a teenager either, so... <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that first basket isn't cool? I mean, you're like, oh, I knew I, for sure that wasn't cool. I mean, I bought a pocket watch when I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> pocket watches are cool. <laughs> Just wanted to be cool. I'm sure your parents were like, is this what the kids are doing these days? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just going to use it to hide her weed. That's what yeah, I was going to say, I think most of their reactions to my idiosyncratic interests was like, whatever, she could be doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was like, well, we had the Beatles, so they they have, the kids these days have other things we don't understand, like anime. 